Welcome back to Box Madness. Oh, yes. Welcome back. We're doing it again. Doing it again. Welcome back to Mark's Madness Pod. We read books. My name is Nathan. My name's David. And we will be once again fin- uh, continuing our reading of Neocolonialism by Kwame Nkrumah. Uh, mm-hmm. But as we do most weeks and certainly every weekend for the foreseeable future now, uh, we are going to be discussing uh, current events and what those look like. And right now, there is one current event. Um, and wow, there's more than one. And, 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 and I, but there's, there's, there's one that grabs a lot of attention. There's one that grabs all the headlines. Yes. There are multiple, uh, current yes. events, but the, the one that we have been discussing, uh, recently and the one that has evolved even since. And again, everyone should know at this point, but if you don't, you are getting these usually about four to five days after when we do them or, or a week to, to two weeks after we do them, depending on how many we have in the can. So, we're not like going back and not like re- redacting stuff as as it didn't happen because as of the, as of now basically you're just hearing yeah. how we're analyzing the events as we're getting them so just so you know yes, when we're absolutely. getting them and when you're getting them are a little bit different this is not a true current event show we're we'll recording this every goddamn day um but uh but no this is so this is just a little bit little bit behind um but as of right now we are on February the Sunday February the 27th uh right after we recorded I think a day after we recorded last time about mm-hmm. the saber rattling and that and that Putin had just uh had just started moving tanks into eastern Ukraine and we kind of thought that's where it was going to settle and we we didn't know how far it was going to go from there oh boy overnight it uh it, it went ahead and did a, did a doozy on us uh and yes and and Vladimir Putin started the full scale as demilitarization denazification of the Ukraine uh which involves let's be real uh doing doing some some regime change uh we've got some regime change to do so here we go yeah so i mean well let's be very clear too in the setup of this because all people hear about is is putin 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 and We've been very clear here, right? We're yeah. not, in spite of the accusations, and no matter what, you will get it. So it's not really worth normally denying we're not some Putin stands or something like that, because then people can do like the both sides are are bad thing. And I'll get into a little bit of that too. Like people have vulgarized the shit out of Lenin or completely misunderstood things. Um, but basically, uh, let's be be very very clear here, right? This has been a NATO escalation, and this is. I don't want to say the end of a war because obviously it sparked into something much, much larger, but this is the tail end of an eight year war in the Donbass. This is not a battle Putin started. This is a battle Putin escalated. Um, partly, you know, we didn't even expect him to jump to this. So partly of his own, own choice or, or I guess, you know, the, the pressure at home and, uh, you know, partly because his hand was basically forced by NATO and the West and, um, so, you know, it's not like wash his hands of responsibility, but it is like if you're going to blame someone, he should be so far down on the list. And yet he's getting so much of the blame because it's just so easy to point the finger. And there's been so many takes. There's been so much exposed racism. And it just it doesn't really it doesn't really get covered and people don't understand it. And and we have to go through all of it right because there's notions people get and holy holy cow are they not are they not the way to understand these things okay um obviously we talked about before 
and where we let off, you know, I mean, the Euro main protest, and this doesn't start, history didn't start in Ukraine in 2014, of course, you know, I mean, this is, this is an area that even in the last hundred years, right, was the point which Operation Barbarossa started the invasion of the Soviet Union, um, by the Nazis. This is a country that before that, um, the reason it, there was two Ukrainian nationalist groups, Stepan Bandera's revitalization of the OUN after the OUN was defunct and the UPA, um, that, explicitly collaborated with Nazis uh, because there was a lot of right-wingers before that in Ukraine who would run pogroms um, under the Romanovs, right? I mean, and and so Ukraine for a long time has had, I mean, a mixed population like anywhere else in, in Eastern Europe, but it's been more of a flashpoint historically uh, just where it was. Um, you know, so we've had the Banderites, we've had the people, when you see that, like, again, like red and black stripe, but otherwise looks like a Ukrainian flag, that's a UPA flag, anyone flying that is explicitly celebrating, uh, Nazi collaborators and Nazis, anyone, uh, who's, you know, supporting the Azov Battalion is explicitly supporting neo-Nazis, anyone who's supporting Legacy of Bandera is explicitly supporting cl- Nazi collaborators, there's a lot of that there, right? Um, and of course, that's not to say, like, Russia isn't, uh, without its fascists and that Putin isn't right wing. Um, but people have tried to use that idea, um, to try to say that the well known, uh, Nazi infiltration and overwhelming, I mean, the Euromaids were led, right, uh, by Tannebach and, um, basically, you know, I mean, he's an explicit, uh, white nationalists or at least acted like one during the Euromaid protests. And, uh, the muscle of those protests were always, um, explicit neo-Nazis. There's neo-Nazis integrated into the police force, into the regular army. Uh, the most obvious, um, is in the National Guard. Uh, the Azov Battalion has just been folded in and they've been fighting the war in the Donbass. Okay. So there are fascists like all over Ukraine, thanks to NATO intervention. And this is very much a U.S. puppet. I mean, Zelensky himself at least was elected. Um, but that was after, you know, Poroshenko was, was put in power after the Euro Maiden protests. Um, because they, they knocked off, this was a coup on what was a Ukrainian president who had mulled joining NATO and joining the EU and then was trying to do what was best for Ukraine and figure out a three-way deal. It wasn't even pro-Russia, figure out a three-way deal. And then just this fervent, xenophobic, neo-Nazi-like, anyone pro-Russia will go down wave has come over and it's, you know, been attacking Russian speakers, of course, because they're neo-Nazis. There's been attacks on Jews and, and especially Roma people, um, have seemed to be a bigger target. Um, and, and so this has been terrible for the citizens of Ukraine for years. You know, 15,000 people didn't die in the Donbass without dying, yeah. <laughs> right? Like that doesn't happen. Um, and so finally, you know, Putin was pushed, Putin was pushed and there was Minsk agreements made in 2015. Ukraine has never really followed them. Um, and you know, Putin was negotiating with Zelensky as it was and Zelensky, all of a sudden the Azov started shelling the Donbass. And so Putin said, okay, he'd recognize the LPR and the DPR. And that's where we left off. He moved the tanks in and all that seemed fine. That was entirely defensive, justified. Honestly, he probably should have recognized the LPR and the DPR before, but I think was trying to honor the Minsk agreements. And for doing that, um, the U S cut off Nord Stream 2, finally got it like, I guess, postponed indefinitely mm-hmm. okay and put lambasted sanctions on russia and i think that might have been the spark the last straw because we couldn't figure out why putin escalated it but i guess if there was no more Nord Stream 2 to protect why not maybe was his thinking um and now there's a an invasion and bombing and um in, it, you know occupation campaign by 
Russia, yeah. you know, kind of. And and for anyone in the West to look down on that is fucking absurd. I mean, while that was happening, Saudi Arabia uh, working with planes that can only fly and be fueled by the United States that were weapons provided by the United States, um, explicitly giving them the green light to bomb Yemen, um, bomb, you know, did 37 airstrikes on the day that, that Putin moved in on Ukraine. Didn't we, right? didn't we bomb Somalia that day too? Yes. Yes. The United States themselves is actually the next day. The United States themselves bombed Somalia the, the, the very next day. Right. Um, which the United States has been attacking Somalia for forever. This, the whole like Somali pirate narrative, mm-hmm. Right. Um, which I mean, there's been propaganda movies and, and all kinds of shit along that. Um, Israel again, which exists because of, of, uh, U.S. weapons and British weapons, um, was bombing Syria at the same time. Nobody cared. There were people in Israel doing a little like, I'm burning my, my Russian passport. Meanwhile, Israel is an occupation, just like the United States is a settler colony, but Israel's not even in that advanced state, right? It's a less than 70 year old. Well, no, it's probably 75 year old, but less than 75 year old, um, explicit occupation, right? And, and it's, it's to the point where it's, it's the one settler colony that most of the world actually recognizes as the settler colony it is, even before, you know, the United States and Canada, New Zealand and Australia. And, and they bomb Pal- Palestinians all the time, and they're bombing Syria, and it's ah, oh, I, I can I can't stand for Russia moving in, and and so you know the double standard is absurd, but it's not absurd because it's a double standard. It's absurd because it shows that they're liars, and that the panic is is bad out there. Uh, in the meantime, I've seen a lot of um, people that have taking the stance that like you know oh well. We should be against all imperialism and, and Lenin said to, to turn these wars, you know, I mean, cause this is, this is a war between capitals, you know, turn these bourgeoisie wars into a fight against, um, the, the capitalist class, right? And not pick a side. And that's, that's fine and well and good. Two things. One, um, Lenin wrote that before hegemony existed and we are Marxists and we are smart enough to advance our theory. And secondly, Lenin wasn't saying, oh yeah, if you hear people bashing on the German chancellor in a very nationalistic way, um, ignore how that, that puffs up the czar and rah-rah against Germany. <laughs> he was saying like, no, tell people you're killing your brothers and sisters in Germany and so go tell the czar to fuck off, right? You're turning your rage on your Russian brothers and sisters because they're turning your rage on the Ukrainian brothers and sisters instead of realizing that it, it's all our leaders and it's our job to point at Biden and NATO and more importantly the system that created all of that because getting rid of individuals doesn't fix that system, no. right? And people have been doing and, and something it's it's one thing to stand with the people of Ukraine and the Russian people who are going to be hit hard by these sanctions um, are going to have turmoil in the country, you know, economically, and they're going to, to pay the price, too. Right. And to stand with the Russian and Ukrainian people stand with their comrades there. That's another thing to say. I stand with Ukraine. That's picking a side and picking a nation. And you're picking the explicitly the explicit U.S. puppet as NATO and the United States instigated this who is absolutely overrun by fascists that's not not picking a side that's not saying putin is is a capitalist too that is straight up siding with the west i'm sorry it just fucking is yeah right and i'm seeing the same it's a little different because you know the u.s 
invaded Seer itself, but I, I'm feel, seeing a lot of the same tones and, and, and things that happened. It, it reminds me a lot of Siri in that sense. Now, some people overly compare to Siri. It's like, oh, someone invaded and bombed and, and, you know, this is, this is the nation's sovereignty. And they're making these, these, again, this facile comparison to Syria, but they're not looking at the aspect of Western propaganda. You know, they're not looking at the aspect of, you know, just like there's this expectation that like Assad had to be perfect or super duper socialist or something for us to like, not guzzle bullshit about him and not go, well, we stand with the people when all the propaganda, of course, fucking says they stand with the people and they never do. Right. You do have to actually stand with the people and then push back against the lies. And we've seen all kinds. We've seen videos and pictures used from all kinds of, of past wars and different events. Um, you know, I've seen like attacks and people in fear because of Euro Maiden uprisings. These very, the Nazis that, that put the Ukrainian government currently in power against Ukrainian civilians used as, Oh, look how they scared they are of Russia. You know, I've, I've seen things like someone tried to put a head to Mimi out there as, um, you know, someone resisting Russian occupation. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's, that's a Palestinian. Yeah. Right. And that's a very famous video that's about 10 years old. Um, uh, there's of course been the huge, the huge propaganda campaign around, uh, Snake Island. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but there's an island, Snake Island that supposedly had 13, um, guards members, right? And I've, I've seen it mentioned that, that there was actually 82 people there. Um, but regardless, even if it was just a 13, there was this video where the Russian ship basically, um, told them to surrender. And then you hear the one guy go, go tell them to fuck themselves. And, and he says, go fuck yourself. And then it's been the, supposedly they died and, because they lost contact. And it's been this huge propaganda thing where people were definitely taking the super nationalistic pro Western side of rah rah Ukraine where they're, they're supposedly all, all the pro war people are suddenly anti war. Right. Don't laugh. And they're, they're, yeah. Um, and, and they're, doing the hashtag, you know, go fuck yourself, right, for this. And, of course, that story's bullshit. Like, it's been confirmed by the uh, actual Ukrainian guard. Like, Ukraine has said this, the, the state, the guard themselves, that, like, they're pretty damn sure that every single one of them is alive. Like, they're almost 100% sure. And I've seen a video of it where where the one Ukrainian guy, and I don't know how, how valid the video is, so I'm saying, like, the source that, that they think they're alive is from the SBGSU themselves, which is the, the state border guard for Ukraine, right? Um, and so, like, I'm not... But I'm not just trusting any damn thing on the internet, especially with all the random videos going around. But there's also a video that's a little hard to fake. The guy's clearly ethnically Ukrainian, speaks with ethnically Ukrainian accent, and basically said something to the effect of, you know, um, if they, they clearly had already written our graves for us, right? Had already printed, he said something like they, you know, they, they, they already buried us. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm still alive. And, and they, there was no, um, it translates kind of, I mean, the easiest translation is peacefully. But that always sounds propagandistic. They they gave up and 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 were taken without fight, mm-hmm. right? Is is what the way it translates. Um, I try to translate as best as possible because oh my god, propaganda by translation is such a huge thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm not the best because I, I speak English. <laughs> you know, I'm going by other people's translations and best deciphering them. Um, but uh, but anyway, so I mean, the Snake Island people are live. I mean, and they were taken. They're, they're just prisoners of war, regular prisoners of war. Um, 
And, and there was a, I mean, it doesn't matter. You can correct it now. It doesn't matter. It's out there. It's, it's a big movement pusher, right? And every one of those where we talk about, you know, it's about, uh, emphasis, um, not about the lies, you know, that pushes the emphasis that plants the seed that's already got that tone, that idea in their head, you know, that there's valiant Ukrainians fighting for their land against these horrible Russian occupiers and stuff like that. And, and again, we don't think invading any country is good. Yeah. We don't think war is good. This no. is not a fight for the Russian people. We don't trust Putin to actually be denazifying. You'd have done this a long time ago. Yeah. No. But Ukrainians, the nationalistic pro-Ukraine side does not make sense here, right? Ukraine is not fighting for the people. Uh, Ukraine is fighting for the EU and the NATO, NATO's initiatives in order to not have regular good relations, business relations, security relations, peace relations with Russia. And there's been multiple reports that they've tried to negotiate peace um, and use China as a moderator, and the U.S. has sunk it multiple times. Right. Yep. So, I mean, there, there's been they've been looking at ceasefire. It looked a little more like this was Ukraine or uh, this was uh, Putin trying to treat Ukraine like he did with Georgia in 2008, which was go in, bomb a little bit, be highly accurate to, to minimize civilian casualties. Something the U.S. does not do, does not change that they are civilian casualties and that civilians are hurt economically and by the damage and to the infrastructure and all those things. So you can't have a war without civilian civilian casualties, most prominently women and children. But. Um, you're trying to minimize civilian casualties rather than not caring in a very Western way. Um, try to make it quick and, and go to ceasefire, right? And that way, you know, you, you basically flex your muscle and show them who the bully is and to get your way is, is the idea. Which isn't working um, as well as they'd like. No, no, but it sounds like they're closing it. It sounds like they've done good on, on minimizing civilian casualties. Again, that doesn't mean there, there's none. Yeah. You know, there's, this is war, right? Yeah. Um, Unnecessary and war. Unnecessary kills people. Um, and, and not only kills people directly in the short term, but over time, the economics and the infrastructure damage kill people too. Yeah. It's war. That's what happens. Yep. But, um, they've done well in advancing and they've done well in, in, uh, minimizing civilian casualties. And they are on the doorstep from my understanding of, um, you know, getting close to, to seizing Kiev, but that, that is not creating the, the, the obvious ceasefire situation and, and the obvious quick return to peace no. that Putin expected. It's prolonging, it's prolonging. And it, it seems very much that, that NATO's strategy is drag Russia into the war, use it for heavy propaganda and keep prolonging it, causing damage to Russia and Ukraine you know, economically, militarily, infrastructure, whatever, and just prolong it, prolong it, prolong it. And Zelensky is happy to be on board, whether he feels powerless and won't stand up to the West, um, or whether he's just so excitedly pro West and, 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 and wants to, to balance that stance as best he can. Well, I mean, um, look at what's, he, look at what's, look at the, the canonization of that guy that's been going oh, yeah. on. I mean, good Lord, they're making him out to be, I mean, he's basically the American president from Independence Day at this point, as far as I'm concerned, based on reading Twitter. Yeah. Like, he's out there in a fighter jet uniform ready to go take on the aliens, baby. Yeah, I mean, that that's exactly what's going on, right? They're glorifying the shit out of him. And then there's also the takes like, oh, well, he's he he grew up Russian speaking and is ethnically Jewish. Yeah, he also campaigned and there's a an actual campaign um ad of his explicitly of him taking two automatic rifles and gunning down everyone in the government to flush out the corruption of Russian pro-Russian government 
people, right? Uh, again, when the when the government was far more pro West and was just simply trying to take a middle ground, um, he's not some like you know innocent bystander and just like Obama being black and and Kamala Harris being being black doesn't make the United States less racist. Zelensky being Jewish doesn't change the fact that the current Ukrainian government is explicitly run and muscled by and heavily fascist leaning and and just soaked with fascists to the core especially within their armed guard within their police within their national guard within their army um there are fascists all over ukraine yep. right um and and because of that of course you know there's a lot of ukrainian people that that anywhere you're going to have people interact with the invading i mean no one's just going to think like oh here's me and my kid we're being invaded someone one of the invaders is walking by and being nice and shaking hands and not shelling me in the face i'm going to pick a fight like that doesn't really happen no (laughs) you know people are like oh okay like they're they're a little scared they're they want to be nice they want to be peaceful um you know if you're not hurting them it's it's between armies whatever and people are doing normal things and there's plenty of western american um, keyboard warriors, uh, basically screaming that they should fight back and be heroic and take out tanks with Molotovs and all this fucking shit. Like, because it's all a game to them, right? It's yeah. all just a war game. And that, and that's the way it is. Of course, that's what's projected because that's what it is to the American bourgeoisie. That's projected because that's how it's talked about because that's how it's thought about in American media and the American political class among American capitalists. That is how it's treated, right? It's just, it's, it's, it's game land. It's just war games. Yeah. It's just business. Right. It's 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 something to manipulate. You know, uh, it's it's you know, what can we do to get our way? How do we play this? How do we get people into it? And it's and it's gross. It's also taken a lot of so something I've been trying to do myself. Um, it's been a really long time since I read Parenti's Inventing Reality, mm. um, which was published in the 80s. And he did a second edition in the 90s. And because it's been a while, I've been trying to go back and reread it. And something he pointed out that we don't think about. Right. We talk about. The media and, and its real bent is against socialists and the voices you don't hear and the people, right? It's really for the bourgeoisie. But we always, always think, you know, within that, it's so much for the Democratic Party. But that's not only probably a modernization thing, because when this was written in, in 93, Fox News didn't exist and the OANN didn't exist and all these right-wing news media sources that gobble up the most extreme right-wing voices didn't really exist. Um but, you know, we don't ever appreciate how right-wing Democrats are and how much these talking points there are. And something he just says offhand is, if you look at it, like, the media doesn't have a liberal bias. It has a right-wing bias, yeah. right? Very much. And and it does here, too, you know, and they're bloodthirsty and they're hungry. And so you see things like on CBS News, there was a war correspondent in Kiev, and he he basically said, like, this isn't like – you know, the capital of Syria or Iraq or something being invaded. These people are still going out to restaurants because, and he said it, I, this is as close to his quote as I'll get. So these are not my words. This is a quote and this is not an exact quote because I don't have it in front of me, but this is a, a, a very close paraphrase because these words almost burned into my memory because I was so grossed out. He said, this isn't like those countries. This is a civilized nation. And then he continued the quote saying, and I have to be careful with my words. This is a European nation. I'll end the quote there. He said he had to be careful with his words and still called it civilized and European. Yeah, it was. Like, and and fucking, there's been Jesus a Christ. number of those. There was, what was it? The yeah. the uh, like military secretary or something like that for Ukraine was on TV saying mm-hmm. that he was he couldn't believe that he was seeing blonde haired, blue eyed European children being killed. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's always like that, right? And and again, I mean, overrun by fascists, but also th- these are generally right wing, you know, imperialist aligned people. You have to be very, very white supremacist to be imperialist. And sometimes it gets tucked in the back of your head to know that's totally not me. And then it's an offhand joke. Sometimes they're explicitly racist. Sometimes they tell themselves they're not racist, but they're happy to keep the machine a churning for their own interests. But it is very much white supremacist. It's very much yeah. colonial. What when you go this and it's very much dead. Was it the president of Bulgaria that was saying that, oh, these aren't the kind of refugees we're used to. We're good with these refugees. They're they're smart and they're IT professionals and we like the, these are the yeah. These are the kind of refugees that we no, no one is afraid of. Yeah, that was Bulgaria. Poland also is explicitly like kept out, you know, um anyone African. That's the or, other thing I want to talk about is how yeah. heavily how with all of that being said, they are explicitly targeting African uh immigrants trying mm. to trying to flee and making sure that the white Polish or white Ukrainians are on on trains and stuff like that before any Africans are getting on. Yeah, and that's and that's not just like a prioritization thing, and that's not just into the country they're fleeing into, right? There's been reports of the Ukrainian guard like firing into the air and pushing people and intimidating people to make sure it's only white Ukrainians that are leaving, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's coming from both sides of that border. Yeah, it's it's insanity, and it's again not not to, not surprising, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, no. but it is it is just it is equally sickening, and. And I've seen again. I, I I think I mentioned last time. Um, they've popped up like the weird por- paranoid stuff. Like, oh, Putin is is like the the ultimate secret poison goop assassin man, and and you know Russia's the most homophobic place on on earth, and and you know blah blah right. things like that right but i've also seen some really gross talking points that i i just never expected and there was a really really nasty one that that does a twofold of just making russia a exceptionalized bad guy which is what they're always trying to do and just erasing that nato destroyed yugoslavia and it was this was the first time a european capital has been seized in over 70 years and it's like what the fuck happened to Sarajevo in the nineties? Yeah. What are you talking about? And it was it, there was a and it exceptionalizes Europe too. Like wait, well, there was the one. There was the one that capital. didn't even do that. There was the one that said, "I can't remember a time that I've seen that this this small of a na- these these brave small people stood up to a mighty nation like that. It's unbelievable. It's, Vietnam fucking exists, my man. Like it's there. Yeah, it happened a couple times. They're over. They're three and zero. They don't stop. Yeah, well, and, and on top of all that, too, there's been this really this push of like, uh, oh, Ukraine, this isn't this isn't your usual poor country, which is just a grotesque thing. This is usually a poor country. Ukraine has this proliferated middle class and stuff, right? And, and that is not only grotesque and horrible to every other country that's been bombed um, and ignores how many countries were very advanced and well off and then got destroyed by war. Libya uh, comes but, to mind. 
Yes, Libya comes to mind. Uh, but it's not actually all that true about Ukraine, right? They definitely just mean European when they mean wealthy, because among European nations, thanks largely to the collapse of the Soviet Union and 2008 and 2014, Ukraine, in spite of being the breadbasket of, you know, you go back um, – 150 years as a breadbasket of the Austro-Hungarian Empire, and then you go back, uh, I'm sorry, 200 years, and you go back 150 years as a breadbasket of the, the Russian Empire, and then you grow back uh, um, 75 years and as a breadbasket of the Soviet Union, you know, it should be a wealthy country. It's very poor. Very, very poor, right? Because of Western intervention. That's what the West does to countries. Yep. And... That I think is where we will leave it for for Oh, that that is where we will leave that subject. Yeah, exactly. But the really gross thing, the really gross thing is that again, I mentioned sensationalizing Putin's homophobia, which is something they did before the 2014 Olympics and the Olympians went there just like they did in Beijing here in, in 2022, right? I don't know if you anyone heard like, you know, Aaron Blunk being like, oh, you hear from the Western media, but then you come here and, and this is these guys are really good. Or if you listen to almost any American Olympian, they, they basically talked about like, oh, no, it's great here. Like every, everything we heard was going to be terrible. And it's great here. Australian Olympians said the same thing. Well, you had the same kind of thing in, in Sochi, right, where there was a law and it was homophobic and this stuff does harm people. And there was a homophobic law passed in russia that basically was was against like public display of homosexuality and it meant in media right like it was basically a law against representation in media and people thought it was like gay people being drug away in the streets to concentration camps for their homosexuality and and that's the way it was you know pushed up in the media right and then they went to the olympics and it was like no you could go across the street to a gay bar it was it was fine you know um that doesn't mean there's not a violent homophobia problem or that that law was okay but even compared to the west it wasn't like any worse and those have come up and while that's happening uh you know again there's other issues on the home front that that should be focused on that get ignored um such as red hill and and our environmental destruction here there's there's our you know the bombing of yemen and the bombing of syria and the bombing of somalia uh that the united states is doing um there's you know the continued um moving of the goalposts with covid-19 to where cases have gone down they're slanting down now but they're still higher than they were at any point in 2021 outside of the little august to october bubble right so they're still higher than the most of the last year but they've changed they've changed the parameters for the fourth time like they keep making you know what are what's what's in not too many cases go higher and higher and higher number of new cases to where it's above the threshold now so they're pulling back mass mandates which is just a deadly disaster all of that's happening but so there's some really pressing things um the first one i want to talk about is in texas there's been a law that's been passed that basically says that if trans kids have parents that support them, child protective services, which is are always cops, they spend all their day ripping kids away from black. And even if you think in theory, right, just just like with other cops, if you think in theory, this does good. Kids need protection. There's abusive parents out there. They don't do that well. Even if there's a few cases where they do, they mostly don't do that. And then they serve another violent colonial purpose where they rip kids away from indigenous people from uh latino people from black people um, and they just destroy families of color right and now there's a law that they have to rip them away from parents that are being supportive and social workers 
who, you know, are going to be turned to in a lot of situations now are legally bound to report those parents to have their children taken away or they get fired. Yeah. And, it's, um, it's, and I mean, yeah, this is not the only state passing the, the homophobic laws. There's a don't say gay law passing in Florida. This is this is a huge wave um, by Republicans. This is kind of their, their their other thing besides the the critical race theory stuff. Where you know, again, Florida they they passed a law where if you said something that makes someone uncomfortable about their race, which is basically like if you point out George Washington was a slaveholder, it's against the law now, right? It's to it's to protect the the you know white supremacist um, racist status quo to the point where you can't call out racism. You know, any form of anti-racism, even at a basic acknowledgement level, is now illegal in Florida. Um, and then there's a homophobic laws being passed there. These are the two big waves Republicans are pushing in the country. And Democrats are hearing about it and going, meh, that's states, mm. right? Because you can't be authoritarian. Move. Move. You should move. Yeah. You should move. You should move to a blue state and, and vote blue. Vote blue. We're happy to... Be, be happy to take those votes, not do anything to stand up against those laws or the gerrymandering or anything like that. They'll come up with an excuse if it even is on their radar. Sometimes it's not. Again, this is where we talk about there are differences in the party, and these wedge issues that are different in the party mean life and death for thousands of people. They're a big deal. And yet, comparatively to where the parties agree, they are a, a grain of sand in the desert of, of where the parties agree and what they uphold, which is why electoralism – you know, and, and then on top of that, Democrats are, are purposely ineffective, which is why electoralism will never save you. And, and it's debatable if it's helpful or harmful, but it's never a path to liberation. Right. Yep. Especially not through the Democratic Party no. rather than a third party. No. I mean, if electoralism was going to be anything liberatory, and I don't think it would even in this case, it would definitely come from a third party. Yes. Which doesn't exist and has no... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no foreseeable future where it will. Um, yes. Okay. Anything else current events we before we jump into the reading for this week? No, I just again, I have to reiterate uh, that it is not, you know, when when Lenin talks about turning a world war into a class war. Right. And not picking a side and fighting for imperialism. You can still push against lies and push against nationalistic propaganda, right? And when you see the U.S. who has gotten into every war, every war, every war with lies, right, from weapons of mass destruction uh, back to the Lusitania shit, right? I mean, there's, there's always some lies to, you know, we, we recently talked about NATO bombing Libya, and that was the, the Viagra pill rape story, right? Mm-hmm. There's it, everyone. They, they lie to you in every one of the wars. It's always bullshit. Yellow journalism was invented uh, for U.S. media and it talks, it's a term explicitly for U.S. media and the U.S. media has never changed. Right. Yeah. And when you see stuff like the Snake Island story and how it's taken on by media and how there's no repercussions and they run with it, you should be concerned. Oh. That's the kind of propaganda lie that's used to push war. The other the other big one that we missed uh was we did not mention the bullshit ghost of Kiev story. Uh that, Oh. Okay. That was that well that so that was the other that was the other one on par with Snake Island. So the ghost of Kiev was supposedly okay. this Oh, the ghost of Kiev. Yes. I think you said goes to Kiev and I was no, like what are you talking no, about? No, no, ghost, the of, ghost Kiev. of Kiev. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The the yes. the ace fighter pilot that every 
nerd was like, oh, look at them. They're taking him out. It's just like, hey, it's combat. This is awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. Russia Russia doesn't know what to do with this one fighter yeah, pilot, yeah. which is not only a ridiculous exceptionalization of one person, and maybe that works with, like, snipers in war. I actually probably does work with snipers, but even then, it takes a lot of people for that to work, right? It doesn't really work with... with but, I mean, if you're going to glorify someone, it should be like a group, right? Like, if we talk about... World War Two, you know, and you talk about like the night, night witches, witches, they were like a unit, right? Yep. And they fucking killed Nazis. They they weren't aligned with Nazis. <laughs> Gotta love them. Uh, and, but yeah, and, the ghost of Kiev stuff has already yeah. been well debunked. It, it was not a thing. The person basically was like, yeah, the person that, that tweeted it immediately was like, oh yeah, I don't have all my, and everybody just was like, it doesn't matter if it's true or not. These are the inspiring stories we need at this time. And, it's, and then they start, like, then they started pulling. It doesn't matter if it's true or not, we need propaganda. Yeah, like, it's, that's explicitly it's, what those people are it's saying. Propaganda. It's propaganda. But they're fine with it because it's, it's our propaganda. propaganda. It's the good kind of propaganda. It's, it's fine. And when you, and when you see that stuff, it should tell you that citing, you know, against Russia and, oh, oh, yeah, by the way, there's a huge wave again in this nationalism. You're seeing, uh, was it Facebook? So now maybe it wasn't Facebook that banned Russian stuff. It was a different social network. I'm getting my social networks mixed up, but let's be very clear. There's an American social network that is banning anything pro Russia. And there's always been a long campaign for that, right? It's of course going to spike up here. And then there's another social network that is like, yeah, we're going to let you elevate the Nazis right now. It's all cool. You know, it's all good. Right. Right. Let's, let's elevate some Nazis. And then like somehow that's not raising people's eyebrows to go, Hmm, you know, maybe, maybe doing both sides are bad. Isn't the best way to go about this. Maybe, maybe doing a, a, you know, nuanced bashing of Putin isn't the best way to go about this. Right. Because it should tell you that bashing him is not an analysis that maybe, you know, you're, you're not against the Russian people. Um, but it shows you that it's very much just this nationalistic, this pro Ukrainian, um, you know, war fervor. Right. And, and people that I think are normally good principled people and international ideas are just falling for this at the drop of a hat and i don't know if it's by volume or what but it's it's been pathetic to to see and very frustrating and 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 very you know it's something we need to push back badly on and you'll get attacked right you'll be like oh you're just some some you know russian disinformation or, or something you know just like they've been saying what about ism and shit for years they've got that geared up you're just gonna have to eat that and fight back because it's worth pushing back against that nonsense right and you're gonna have to be clear about what the lies are because we're not stumping for russia we are disseminate or no, I, I can't disseminating is the word that means spread yeah. the, the lie what is the debunk we're debunking lies. I always want to use disseminating. I use that word wrong all the time. <laughs> we're clarifying. We're illuminating the truth and debunking the lies. That's what we're doing, and that's what we're doing so that people don't get caught up in the Western lies. And you're seeing, of course, the, any form of xenophobia, any form of anti-anything propaganda is going to escalate you know, bigotry. And you're seeing kind of like the old – the freedom prize level shit where people are like pouring out Russian vodkas that are made in Estonia, not yeah. even in fucking Russia, like a bunch of dumbasses. Um, so, you know, I realize that that translates into hatred of Russian and Russian speaking people and distrust of Russian and Russian speaking people. And just like that, we saw a wave of Asian hate 
um, as propaganda turned on China because of the Sinophobia that was embedded there, right? You get Russophobia. It's going to be against basically all Eastern European speakers and people. It's going to be, you know, anytime people see the Cyrillic alphabet, they're going to, they're going to, you know, have their eyebrows raised and you're going to have to be very defensive. And the, and the worst part is it's going to circle around and hit Ukrainian Americans. Yeah. It just is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, don't, don't fall for the shit. And stand up against it and, and, you know, fight. I mean, and, you know, continue anti, real anti-war demonstrations, not quote unquote anti-war demonstrations that are just conveniently anti-Russia and, and waving Ukrainian flags or God. If you go somewhere and you see them waving Ukrainian and UPA flags, you should not see that and go, hmm. Yeah, I should, I should, like other times you see a Nazi shit and you go, I, maybe I shouldn't be there. That should be the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, how many, if you're if someone there is aligned with the Nazis and they're not immediately being removed, you're, you this is the Nazi party now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you don't you don't want to be on that side of those protests. Exactly. That being said, we just did a current events episode. That's what we did. Yeah, we did a whole episode and it was did. current events. So Sorry. this is going to get released in a different order than everything else. This is going to get released uh, probably concurrently with the episode that we're releasing that was a couple days before everything hit the fan. Um, you may hear this right before or right after that, just depending on where it comes in the timeline. Um, I'm hoping I'll probably release them both back to back to Sounds make great. sure that this is t- as timely as it can be. Uh, but yeah, we're, we, if, just in case there will be no reading for this episode, uh, there, we will get to that on uh, next week or the next time. It'll, it'll fall in line. It'll be a, a week without current events at the front of it. And then you'll get a whole couple chapters, hopefully. Yeah. All right. That being said, this has been Mark's Madness Pod. My name is Nathan. My name's David. And we will talk to y'all ne- probably not next week. Probably, probably soon. Probably soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye.